on today's episode of Cordially Indicted. Once you see an influencer do something at their wedding, you can pretty much expect that that is going to become a trend if it is not already, you know, and it's like I said, there's almost like a little bit of an incentive on their end to do things that they know people will like. So they're already kind of have their finger on the pulse. there, doing things that they think will be agreeable to their followers. You are cordially indicted. Welcome to the courthouse, a place where we walk the line between couples planning their biggest day ever and the professionals who make it happen. Meet your counsel and co-host, Rachel Willis, a wedding planner. And Kelsey Williams, a wedding designer. The world is evolving and weddings are no exception. Navigating this industry can be as challenging as it is rewarding. And there's a lot of information out there. We're here to set the record straight and give our best counsel as you plan for the big day, no matter which side you're on. We're going to give it to you straight. This is a safe place for honest conversations surrounding potentially controversial topics in the wedding world. Be prepared for some strong opinions and harsh truths, but above all, a desire to bring clarity to an otherwise enigmatic industry. Feel free to reach your own verdict. And remember, we don't mean to judge. Allegedly. We're back. We are back. Can't get rid of us. Haven't done it yet. Hopefully they never will. Yes, we'd like to stick around if possible. Oh, goodness. All right. We are doing what? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my brain. You know, and we'll dive into that. We will touch on our weeks as we usually do. But this episode is going to be all about uniqueness or lack thereof the concept of uniqueness trying to be unique and maybe some um input on if that's actually working or not (laughs) so you're being very you're being very gentle about this you text so well right now the message (laughs) you're like um can we talk about (laughs) i don't want to this is I'm only being gentle about it because I don't want spoilers. I'm just, I'm, I'm easing us in and I don't want people to, to get too, uh, I don't want to open the book too wide just yet. Fair enough. Just blow this thing out of the water from the get go. Kick down the door. Take no prisoners. (laughs) Yes. Um, but yeah, that's our, that's going to be what we're going to be discussing on this one. Uh, vendors. I'm sure you guys are all already eye rolling um to the nth degree unique and I want I want my wedding to be unique and I saw this thing and I thought it was so unique and that's we're gonna cover it we're gonna touch on all that clients if you're finding unique uh, the word unique becoming more a part of your vocabulary these days uh maybe maybe lend us an ear and see what we have to say about about the concept as a whole because there's some goodness there's some nuance to this one we have thoughts of course that's why we're here though right Tis why we're here (laughs) but before we get into that your hair um, looks fabulous i really do wish people had videos you could see the beautiful coils coming out of your head thank you and like it hasn't dried yet so it's all like i can shake it and it moves and stuff I love my natural hair. 
I'm really glad. Like I spent a long time running away from my natural hair texture. And honestly, it was because of the work involved in it. But now that I know what I'm doing more and more, it's getting easier and easier. But a huge reason I was running from it, honestly, is because of the industry that I'm in and not knowing like how professional or unprofessional my hair would be perceived and not wanting to give myself not a fair chance coming out the gate based on what people's prejudices may be because I have like curly hair and when it's not like in coil mode it's like an afro and I mean that's just the way it is and there was a lot of hesitation about letting that part of me be be known so I was um sticking to like straight hair or chemical straighteners or I don't know, even like some braid styles and things like that, just to give myself what I consider to be more versatility. But honestly, like I'm obsessed with my curls. Every time I do my hair, I get so happy and I'm glad that I went for it and it's growing. So like the longer it gets, I think the cooler it looks and that's my spiel. It looks like you. You look like you. That That is great. Thank you very much. I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. So that's, but for those of you who have not seen my face yet, um, I have curly hair. So, and I did it today. So it looks all fresh. It's beautiful. Well, tell the people how your life has been, your week has been. My life has been super exciting to be quite honest with you. I've been feeling like I'm on the come up and I hope that that trend continues. I've been more social, just getting out more. And maybe it's just the spring, you know, coming out of that winter um like I say this from Dallas Texas like as though we live in like a bunker or something in Antarctica but like we it's just been I don't know just more more uh, vibrancy and vitality kind of feelings on my end so seeing friends and working on like I said just this constant project of trying to rebrand and turn the business around uh in a very small way I will say for the time being, Um, but doing a lot of the ground work and back of house type of stuff that will make it be what it is when it's ready to be presented. Uh, Yeah, exciting, exciting things in life. My week was fine. I can never remember what I did in the last week. Were you affected by Mercury in retrograde? Not quite as hard as our friend Rachel. (laughs) If at all, I I only knew it wasn't retrograde by checking in with you on whatever in the world was going on last week. I think you had kind of a crazy one, right? Everybody did, except for you, which is fine because I feel like you deserve the the break of not having your ass handed to you. Yeah, I have my default setting is retrograde. I am I am just I don't know something about it. I've your girl's gone through a lot, but. That's why I'm just so happy that things are on them, seeming to be on the mend and some really cool opportunities are happening. But what what happened, Rachel? What happened? <laughs> you guys, the past two weeks were probably one of the toughest that I've ever had in my career. And I, it's part of it. I guess I can cut it out if I decide not to do it, because the last thing I want to do is cause panic mm-hmm. over you know, it's, it's it's like how during COVID we had that whole toilet paper shortage because a few people were freaking out about the toilet paper. Yeah. And then everybody freaked out about the toilet paper. And yeah. I don't want to cause that. But at the same time, it's like one of those things where I feel like people should be aware of what's going to be going on. Um, yeah. 
So I mean, have you resolved your situation? It is. My situation is in a place where we are able to move forward. Okay. We we are sticking with the original date. This wedding is not getting moved. Okay. Good. (laughs) What? (laughs) I said, okay, good. That's, that's a great, that's great news. Um, it's going to be great. I'm still super excited for it. It's just that I guess I will go through the story and then I can always edit it out. So I have a wedding scheduled for next spring and it's um it's during a time when a lot of people are going to be coming to the DFW area. I don't know how many of you guys are local or have been here for, you know, the past 5 years, but about 5 years ago we had an eclipse and it was kind of a big the deal. Variety. Of the solar yes. variety, yes. Totally. A total solar eclipse, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of in the path, but we weren't like, we weren't like directly in the path. I think we or we might have been, we might have been on like the edge or something like that. It was, but it was a big enough deal back then. And I remember just being totally inundated at the Arboretum. People were everywhere. It was the more, Dallas Morning News put out an article that said, you know, best places in Dallas to view the eclipse and they put the Arboretum. I don't know that we were actually told that that was happening though. So I think we were kind of, Oh, we probably weren't. We weren't. Probably I bet you anything. We, we could have been, or maybe just the wrong person was notified. I don't know. So maybe like a morning of thing where they're like, okay, y'all. So today this is happening. Maybe. I don't know, but it was a whole hot mess. It was kind of crazy. And I remember vaguely after that like people were inquiring with us for six years in the future because they wanted to have their wedding around the eclipse and I remember thinking that was so insane (laughs) um well (laughs) and it kind of is um like if that's your jam cool but I just like six years of planning a wet like wow I just wow um anyways so we were having a very hard time getting hotel blocks for this wedding I have next spring. And lo and behold, it's because the eclipse is coming back and Dallas Fort Worth is in the direct path of its best, you know, viewing locations. And um, it's a major scientific event. I imagine a lot of people will be coming into town for it um, from the science community, from a astrology appreciation standpoint, just all across the board. So it's kind of causing some rifts as far as like getting hotel blocks and accommodations. And I imagine it's going to affect flights. And part of the reason that this couple had booked where they did was so that they could have this kind of little wedding bubble for their weekend. And it's just not conducive to bubble is dissolving. The the bubble bubble has popped (laughs) and it's been just, it's been a lot and it's been frustrating because we had been trying to do it so far in advance i've been working on it for 2 months now and we just we've done everything right and it is just not going in our favor and it's just very frustrating as a planner who has never not been able to figure something out and make things work just trying unfortunately to like, we cannot bend the actual literal <laughs> god universe to our will <laughs> the planetary um I, gravitational pull and its cycle of how it <laughs> and i was saying like unfortunately it looks like our force majeure is going to have to include significant planetary phenomenon i know because it could be something that plays into the execution and the function of your wedding weekend if you are gonna be in the path of an eclipse 
in wherever your wedding is going to be. So add two things to look into when you're choosing wedding dates, concerts in your area, um, major sporting events, and the time of the sunset. Texas OU weekend, sure. If that's where, if you're hanging out down here with us, and if the sun's going to disappear for a few minutes. <laughs> and that's the thing There's, is that the the eclipse is actually on a Monday. It's not on the wedding day, but it's everybody's coming. Is it coming the Monday before or the after. Monday after? Two days that, after the wedding. Okay. So everybody's coming into town. Well, I let's make a weekend of it. That is so right. crazy to me. Like that's and i'm not calling people crazy i'm just saying it's just a crazy thing to think about that but there's so many people, people out there taking that- vacations to come see something that is so short lived happen but i guess if, if you don't live in the path then you're looking at okay where where's the path gonna go mm-hmm. and you just kind of pick your pick your city like because the other cities that are in the path i'm sure are also going to get it we are, I think, one of the first major cities that are going to see it. And yeah. then I think the other two that are like the best spots to see it are Cleveland and Indianapolis. Okay. Um, I think we might be like number three or something like that. I, I'm not sure. Um, but it's mm. it's going to be a bit of an ordeal. So just, um, you know, if you are a planner listening, be proactive and educate your clients on that weekend that that's probably something that is something you need to look into. Um, if you're a hotel listening to this, you didn't hear that. Well, and that's the thing is I kind of feel like there's a little bit of low key collusion going on. Cause like mm-hmm. once one of them got wind of what it was, it spiraled. And that was and then they like the- all fell off the face of the earth and suddenly yes. like you couldn't get in touch with them. And when couldn't you do anything, when you heard from them the next time, it was like, oh, like this is the new rate. Like, well, we were already discussing. Right. It's just like a lot of things kind of happened, in my opinion, not in the most customer servicing way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very disheartening, but I have a feeling that it's already kind of already the damage is done, at mm-hmm. least in the area that we're looking at. Um, so just, you know don't panic. It's still going to be fine. But that weekend, there is definitely opportunity for things to potentially become a little bit more complicated. Just, yeah. But well, it's, yep. been, Keep- it's been, um, you know, I'm tired of building character. I've got enough character built. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, this is the first 10 years, honestly, of any industry business, I feel like are the character building years before you can just start to I don't even want to say start to coast because then like you just level up and there's different challenges and it's always something isn't it and you know what can we literally do about the planets aligning like it's it you actually can't like this is a great I think this is a great lesson in humanizing and normalizing normal things being normal and Mm -hmm. knowing that I get it I want to work magic for you, but I am not an actual magician. So unfortunately that eclipse is going to happen whether mm-hmm. I, whether I say anything about it or not. Yeah. But and you know. the solutions that I can offer are the solutions that I can offer that make sense, yeah. you know, short of, you know, drastic, insane measures, but no, yeah, that's, 
you know, we do what we can. Learning. We still, we're still learning, but, um, anyways, that's, been, that's kind of absorbed my, my life over the past two weeks. And it's been nothing short of exhausting. <laughs> yeah. We don't do it because it's easy though. Do we? No, we I mean, don't. Of course we, we hope it is. But if you have a hero complex like me, you do it so that you can solve the problem. And then people think that you're amazing. But then again, that runs into the issue that we were just talking about. Where <laughs> and we're talking about two episodes ago. Uh... <laughs> so there you go. Anyways, that's why um, I'm in therapy. But that's cool. It's it's a really cool thing. Nonetheless, I mean, it'll be cool to see. And it's great that we actually live here to see something like that. Yes. But so I guess we got that coming up uh, next year. But in the next couple of weeks, you know, springtime, all the fun things, Mother's Day coming up, which on that note, we have a, another lovely DFW business to shout out. One that is incredibly near and dear to both Rachel and I. Kate McLeod Studio is a florist in Dallas who primarily does uh, weddings and events. However, every Mother's Day, she does these amazing collaborations. She's done some in the past um, with a different couple different businesses. But this year, her company is collaborating with this really cute boutique in Oak Cliff. It is called DLM. And so if you are in the DFW area, and specifically in the Oak Cliff area, she is going to be making hand-tied bouquets that will be sold on May 13th and May 14th at DLM in Oak Cliff. So wanted to shout that out in case you're still looking for something really just cute and personal. Kate is an amazing, amazing, talented florist and artist. Her background is in artistry. I think her degree is actually like in fine art. So it really definitely shows through her flowers like she is truly making masterpieces and using what she what her skill set is in art to create gorgeous gorgeous arrangements for her weddings and events um she's really special to me too because she did my first ever wedding so that was or she was like the first floor set I booked I guess she did the first wedding that I um had on my books I booked another wedding after this wedding but their date was before the wedding that I had booked first. So technically Kate is the first floor. So like I ever sought out and worked with her and it was the sweetest thing. And she had her um, daughter at the time was two. And she came with her to this oh. ranch that we were setting up with, uh, setting up at, and her husband was there. And it was just, you can tell like, it's just rooted in family and community. And she's certainly a cornerstone of the Oak Cliff neighborhood, I would say. So just check her out in general. She's a fabulous, fabulous, talented human being. And definitely check her Mother's Day pop up out at DLM in Oak Cliff. She's also just like one of the sweetest humans to grace the earth. So Uh, loving, lovable, just kind. She's been featured in, I think, like Voyager a couple of times. She's been featured in multiple wedding publications and she's building a team that is also as sweet and fantastic as her. Like, I just love that she's got like like-minded souls uh, kind of cultivating her creativity and they're all also amazing florists and business owners in their own right. It's just such a great thing to see. So definitely check her out. Kate McLeod, that is uh, Kate, K-A-T-E, M C. 
L-E-O-D. I think she actually, it might be Kate McCloyd. I think, I think I've been pronouncing it wrong. I felt so bad because I got, I got It's her on her voicemail. <laughs> yes. I got her voicemail one time and she said, Kate McCloyd. And I was like, oh, it's been like seven years of me mispronouncing your last name, but I mostly just call her Kate. So, and she would never correct you. Like she does. Cause she's so sweet. It, precisely. Yes. No, so. She'll be like, no, that is my name now. I'll change my <laughs> name for you. I just love her. She's just got such a creative mind. I've just gotten to work with her on so many cool things and such a great eye, such a great, just great, great person. So love you, Kate. Love you, Kate. Great. I think we've gabbed long enough. Gabbin. (laughs) Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. How long was that first one? Did we go over? Like five minutes. Oh, geez. We're okay, I think. No, we're not. (laughs) We're not okay. Said help. Do you know how long it takes to edit these things? That's true. I mean, but last one, I feel like will probably be our longest episode maybe ever because it just so much could have been said. There was so much to say. This one is a lot more condensed. We shall see. (laughs) I'm ready. Two hours later. (laughs) Okay. Rachel and Kelsey will have differing opinions from time to time, as will you. The intent of the pod is not to offend, but to inform and educate as to how your decisions affect not just the professionals involved, but you, your partner, your family, and everyone affiliated with the success of your wedding. We know this is emotional. Weddings are emotional. And as always, we're welcome to make your own judgment. And these are just our opinions to garner an open discussion. Almost knocked my microphone over. I was over here doing the supportive dancing and <laughs> I was like a hype like, woman. Play sand, sandstorm in the background. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, if we were on one mic, that would absolutely have just ruined the entire audio i think the computer would have exploded it probably would have oh Oh my gosh okay well let's go ahead and call this episode to order okay first things first i do want to clarify just right off the bat this is not a referendum on the things that you like okay we love that people have their own unique styles we love that even if their style isn't unique, like whatever it is that you like, right? Which is a point that we're going to get to as well. But just know this is our grain of salt moment where you're going to hear us say things and we're going to give our opinions. And because we have thoughts, as Rachel said, but we just want you to do you. The overall theme here, though, is calling things that aren't actually unique or special unique and here's unconventional things I did at my wedding or non-traditional things I did at my wedding that's if if it if it's not unique it's just not unique it's it's okay that it is what it is or that it is something that you like but it may not have been unique that that is step one we like definitely want people to be customizing their weddings to them as a couple like that is very much not the issue here like the whole point is like we want people to tailor their weddings to them like make it make sense do things that make sense for them as a couple and reflect them as a couple the issue we keep seeing is that people put things on social media always the the kind of area where we find these things they put it on social media and they're like look at this incredibly cool thing that we did that's never been done before and it's like (laughs) I've seen that three times already. Um, and I sure have. That's not to put people down. It's just that it perpetuates this idea of stuff that 
it's like the social pressure just kind of keeps perpetuating and then other people feel like they have to do stuff and they have to copy this and they have to copy that and it's no longer special or unique or by the time things roll around it's just anyway we'll get it yeah i think a, i think a, an easy solution kind of to that is just i mean if you want to share what you're doing that's fine i don't know what is the like obsession or the insistence of declaring something unique or brand new or can't it just be like what you did? Can't you just say, well, we did this at our wedding and we liked it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's like this in, this kind of intensity about making sure that we're clear about how, how, how unique it is and how rare it is. But, you know, I mean, again, just do, do what you're going to do and like what you're going to like. It just doesn't, it's kind of, it's kind of dangerous territory anyway to like throw something out there and say, this is the first time or the only time ever, like to the masses, like, you know, kind of shouting into the void of like, there's a billion people here, like somebody, chances are just statistically, chances are someone's done this before or something similar. But digress. Um, also, like it, it goes, I think it's worth saying too, that we are in the industry. So we're seeing more weddings on average than the average person is seeing. So I guess that's a disclaimer as well to add, but I just found the um, mashed potatoes in the mashed potato bar. Oh, that in was a martini it. glass. Okay. Is that what it was? I've been seeing that for se- all seven years that I've been in the industry. Yeah. I guess to be fair, it's like young millennials and older Gen Z, if you know, y'all are the primary demographic getting married. And so maybe you were too young to go to some weddings where these things have been like all this time. Like, I don't know, maybe you're just now starting to attend weddings, but I promise you that is at least a 10 year old thing that happens. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people swap it out with mac and cheese, same concept, custom toppings, martini glass. We know the story. We already know it's, that's not like, it's fun. And that's why people do it, but it's not it's not like it's not new it just isn't Mm -hmm. most things aren't most things aren't so we saw that one tiktok where they did the martini glass and the potatoes mashed potatoes Mm -hmm. which is something we've seen forever which is something we have seen forever i'm i'm telling you it's been at least 10 years like that that's been and i think it's because i think things were probably like buried underneath you know, notoriety because we didn't have social media and not just didn't have it, but like we weren't using it the way that we're using it now. So there's things that it's like, oh, that was at almost every wedding like that. There's a certain caterer that I know did that at almost every single wedding that they catered at the Arboretum for like a full year that I was there and probably before that and definitely after that. But this caterer was didn't put it on social media, so I guess they can't get the credit for it. That's <laughs> just how it goes. <laughs> so, you know, you it's don't like, tag, you don't get credit. Hey, I don't even know if they have an Instagram to this day. So, mm. but yeah, and I remember when I saw it, I was like, "That's a really great idea. It's a great hors d'oeuvre. It's easy to eat. It's fun. It's approachable. Cool, great." But I mean, I'm telling you, y'all, that is just just one such example, and. I mean, it kind of goes to the point of like something on social media, especially if it's gone viral. The rules of virality dictate that that thing has been seen by like millions of eyes. So it how can it be, if not millions, hundreds of thousands, 
how can it be rare and you know something very specific or niche anymore if it has been released as it were to the to the masses yeah and it's okay to take inspiration from these things it's just it's not necessarily an original idea anymore. I was gonna say it's it's and okay. People may not know it's, that it's, it's okay not to an literally idea. right. It's also okay to literally redo it. Like do it. Go for it. You love mashed potatoes. Who doesn't? Like let's go for it. Let's 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 do a mashed potato bar. Dress it up in a martini glass. Dress up in a martini glass. We do that. Some people put it in like a little tiny dish. I mean, I've seen it presented so cute. And like if you're still if it's important to you that it is unique, you then have some work to do, some extra steps to add. Or something to kind of cultivate it a little bit more that it makes it more unique. Or you could just do it the exact same way. And that's totally fine too. Just know that it isn't, you aren't the first person to do it. Or even one of the first people to do it. Another one I've seen recently, we kind of have like this clairvoyance for it. So the recent one, and we're calling it right now, like I'm willing to, I'm willing to put my money on it. (laughs) That is probably going to pop off is the bridesmaids bouquets in purses. Oh yeah. Especially like the rattan, like the wicker specifically. And instead of, it's like, so if you're not familiar with what we're saying, I'm going to explain it, but don't worry. You'll probably see it now. Um, Instead of your bridesmaids holding a bouquet of flowers, like with their hands, a lot of, I've already seen it, I think three times um, where, people ask their florists if they can kind of build this it's gorgeous this spilling kind of organic style bouquet arrangement in like a purse with a handle on it and the brides carry it like a little purse down the aisle the bridesmaids sorry carry it like a little purse down the aisle it's super cute it's super just it's a sweet sweet look I just think it's going to be the next thing that people latch on they're like oh my god like (laughs) people are People have only done bridesmaids bouquets for the last 20 years. And now this is like one different thing people are doing. And now we're going to drive that into the ground. Again, if you love it, I love it. I I won't even lie. I think it's so cute, but I, I already know that I've seen it and that it's not going to be like an inspiration for like something that I get to take credit for the inspiration for it'll, it's going to pop off. I'm sure. I think too, we have, it is a evolution of, do you remember when the bridesmaid hoops were a thing? Yes. I think. And then there was like the puppy thing. Like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> maybe the puppies, <laughs> the collars, uh. the flowers. Like, I think this is just the next evolution of that. And while I think the application of this is a bit better than the hoops and the lantern thing and, you know, because a classic it's a little bouquet more intuitive yeah this one like a classic bouquet is kind of hard to beat but like this i can see being lasting longer than those other options when people were trying to get creative with another way to do the bridesmaid bouquet but i think it too will have its day in the sun and then pass into the next life <laughs> i completely agree i think that it's going to be like you're going to know what year those people got married in immediately when you see the the bouquet purses again so cute i think it's attractive i think it's got like a it doesn't 
scream like, oh my gosh, like that looks really weird or like that looks super avant-garde or niche. It, it flows well, especially with the style, the like whimsical garden style of weddings that's mm-hmm. more popular right now. So that's what's going for it. And it's awesome. And I hope that everyone who wants to do it gets the chance to do it. Um, But I could totally see it popping up on one of those. Non-traditional things I did at my wedding. My bridesmaids walked down the aisle with purse flowers. Like, girlfriend, it, once you do think- something, <laughs> it becomes a tradition. Once it gets done a hundred times. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a thing that we see fairly frequently. I am trying to think of like how I would feel doing that. Like like as a planner? No, as like a bridesmaid. Because like I feel like if I were a bridesmaid and I had to carry one of those, like how do you comfortably carry that? Like if you're not used to like a modeling, like on a runway kind of scenario, how do you feel carrying a purse like that? Because you, you can't really carry it like this yeah, with like, like two with the hands. T-Rex arms right yeah. <laughs> yeah you know you can't quite carry it like that so you kind of have to like carry it by your side but I feel like that takes a very comfortable person to pull that off and it not look awkward you know and if you've got people who are self-conscious about being the center of attention or being in a bridesmaid's dress you know that they may not necessarily think is particularly flattering on them like that opens like from a standpoint of watching the bridesmaids do that, that really opens them up. And if you've got bridesmaids that are not the most confident, I could see that potentially being a little bit awkward for them. I also just thought of, yeah. And I also just thought of the potential hiccup of like, as the maid of honor, you're supposed to hold the bride's bouquet who and the bride is presumably holding a bouquet and not a, a purse. And it's like, so are you holding your purse at your side and then her bouquet with your other hand? Like it just, some of the logistics are maybe a little bit, I mean, maybe we're making a bigger amount out of a molehill here. I'm sure they figured Probably it out and it's are. certainly been done, but you know, it's also like, you know, when we are literally in training mode of like, it's a rehearsal and we're telling bridesmaids, hold the bouquet around your belly button. Cause that's where it looks best. Like tilt it forward, tilt it forward, all those things. Don't just like, whatever you do, don't get at the front of the aisle and drop one hand and just hold your bouquet to the side that's not ever the look so it's kind of like I think it inspires a more casual approachable posture um which if you're having a casual approachable wedding I think again works really well what I see potentially happening though is they're just holding up they just kind of stand like they're holding a purse like up at the at the altar Mm -hmm. like in line it's like and we're holding our purses, but we're not like necessarily, I don't know, when I'm holding my purse, I tend to be kind of hunched over or something like that. Like, so it doesn't <laughs> inspire you to like stand up straight. Like when you're holding a bouquet, you feel like you're, it's a little more of a presentation as it were. But yeah. this is so just one idea. We would have to, we'd have to rehearse, but yeah, no, brainstorming. Yeah. Absolutely. This is becoming a string of consciousness. We're already derailed from our- I'm telling you, <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, and, and something more like something that we both like had the realization or um we kind of had the inspiration to add to our list of topics in it as it pertains to this is that something let's just say you have seen something and it's the only time you've seen it let's just say there's only one wedding with this thing out there and you at the time that it comes onto your radar that it is super unique but 
if you're in the still in the the planning stages of your wedding and you've seen this done at someone's finished wedding that has happened in the past if you still have got like a year of planning or more ahead of you by the time that your wedding day comes around the thing that you saw a year and a half ago probably has been done a hundred times over like it it more than likely people have seen it and people have caught on. And if it was like a, you know, here and there type of thing, kind of like, I think again, the baskets are right now. It's like, yeah, I can count on one hand how many times I've seen them, but they're, they have, they're so rife for replication (laughs) that I think that by the time the girls who are seeing that right now and planning for their like 2024 wedding to have that done, that's going to get done to death by the end of 2023. And we, I fall, you know, victim to this as well. I had have this wedding where <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> um, <she knows>. okay. <laughs> we had come up with a design to do like this big tree in the middle of the reception um, for, you know, it goes with the theme or the vibe that we're going for. Um, And I was like, I don't see a ton of trees. I'm excited. Like I've come up with probably not like a completely unique idea, but I was like, I haven't really seen, this doesn't happen very often here in Dallas. And like, this isn't something super common. I was having a very hard time finding pictures of what I wanted to do. I still Mm. do. I still don't have not found the right picture of like exactly what's in my head. But, um, and I think, you know, we got design approved. We were moving it forward. And (laughs) I think- some time either towards the end of last year or the beginning of this year, I saw a wedding where they did a bunch of trees and I was like, oh, dang it. Now it's going to become <laughs> someone oh, yeah. else is going to like pick up on that. And and these trees weren't quite like they still weren't what I was thinking. But like the concept of it, I think, is has potential to gain traction still. Um, anyways, mm-hmm. so, yeah, we run into this, too. It's hard to come up with a truly original idea that has not been done before but i think we strive to come up with things that are minimum hard to find replicas that have been done before like what is in my head should not be able to be found easily on pinterest right or yes right that that ties in that that's like a couple of our episodes have touched on like that topic in one way or another between like the elevating things and we can do better and making things more personalized and not just, you know, doing the replica of something that you see on Pinterest. Um, just, I always want to circle back at the end of each segment of this topic that you can do that. We're specifically speaking to people who are doing these things and then calling them unique. That's, that is really the, the the crux of this all <laughs> um yeah that's just keep that in mind you know and and keep it in mind in that you're okay like make sure this is a great time to make sure that you actually like this thing and that it isn't just influencing you because it's trendy like will you still like it even if people start doing it over and over again or will it start to lose its kind of like its taste for you And would you be upset or, you know, not like it as much because 
if you were to see it, you know, like once you sign on the dotted line for some of these things, you're stuck with them or you, you know, depending on what cancellation policies are, things like that. But make sure that you truly like something and that even if it were to gain traction and you were to start seeing it more throughout the course of your day, that by the time your day rolled around, you still like, no, I, I genuinely like this. Like I, I do want it. I have seen it quite a bit now, but I really actually liked it and I didn't just pick it because I thought that no one else had done it. I picked it because I actually like it. Uniqueness to the fault. Right. Yeah. So just keep, keep all those things in mind. Another thing to think about are especially like we're talking about social media and, and social media being used in different ways and evolving one big way that that is is that influencer weddings are really popular so you know you've seen them we've all seen them I'm currently myself I have transcended like I've I have I'm not even the same person I was before Sophia Richie got married like her Absolutely wedding was not. so beautiful so tasteful like literally the blueprint I am absolutely obsessed with almost every single detail that comes out about it um you can just tell it was just so refined and rooted in just I mean I could go on forever truly 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 well and I um it had a lot of soul though go ahead it did have a lot of soul and I think that we have two guilty parties on this point you've got vendors who hear I want a green and white wedding or an all-white wedding and they roll their eyes because they're like oh joy another green and white you know they they Mm -hmm. and I think that that needs to shift because like there is still opportunity to do things in a very classic and simple color palette if you do it right and I think Sophia Ridgely's wedding is a very good example of that like Mm -hmm. it was there was so much like texture and there were bloom blocks in there that made it so much more interesting. Like, okay, yes, everything was like bleeding flowers, but for the most part, like if you take that concept and apply it in different ways and you scaled it back, you can still have a very beautiful and unique to you wedding and like vendors who are, you know, willing to take on the challenge of making something feel a little bit different from what everybody has seen. Like, there's still opportunity for that. So that's guilty party number one. Vendors don't always don't don't roll your eyes whenever you hear something that you've been that has literally been done like a hundred times. Try and find a new way to do it. But then on the opposite side, when we have clients who literally cannot fathom something that they have never seen before, and then they fall into either I have to have something unique for the sake of having it be unique so that my wedding doesn't look like everything else, but then they get trigger shy when it comes to actually applying those principles because they can't see it in their heads it's like but right you don't want it to be the same but you're so shy and scared to to take that I'm calling it a risk but I mean at the end of the day if you have a great set of professionals people who are design-minded they're not going to steer you wrong so I'm not meaning to make it sound like oh my gosh like it's this huge risk and you never know because you do and if you don't there's people on your team that know that it's going to look fantastic so it's actual execution of it it comes time to make good on that promise of not wanting your wedding to be just like everyone else's but you want to go with what you know looks good even if something else potentially does a lot of people do play it really safe 
people, especially, oh my gosh, younger sisters are like the worst about this. (laughs) Younger sisters who are the second sister to get married. My older sister, you know, did it like this or we use my even like from down to like we talked about this as far as like wanting to book your um same your family's same vendors as they had and how like pricing changes and things like that but this is another example of you don't have to do something that way just because you know we've seen it done before right and so there's like a claim like you said like it's a great point of wanting to be unique and like shouting that from the rooftops but then when it comes down to it you start making the safe decision on this and then you make the safe decision on that and before you know it you've only made safe decisions your entire planning and design process and then your wedding looks really safe I mean, but you're totally right too i mean vendors i i'm guilty of hearing certain color palettes and Same. not necessarily like eye rolling but just getting myself really prepared to like mm-hmm, put my nose mm-hmm. to the grindstone of like how we can elevate this and bring it out of monotony. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be done. And there's some planners and designers that I really admire because they work with a lot of similar color palettes and a lot of similar styles, but no two weddings look the same and they're all very distinct. Mm-hmm. And I have a very, I have a big appreciation for that. And I'm um, always looking to grow that ability in myself. Um but, you know, we have to help people be unique to vendors. We can't just ask them to, to want unique things. And then if they don't necessarily come to you with a plate full of unique ideas, then we just give up or throw our hands up and say, well, I guess it's right. just going to be the same old, same old. I have a all white wedding um, coming up early summer. And I'm very excited of how that one's going to come out just because they've been very intentional in very intentional about how we're doing the all white and like they've really taken a lot of my recommendations to heart and like in my head I'm like what I see in my head is so pretty so I can only imagine like how it's gonna look on the day of but it is a pretty much entirely white wedding but I think it's going to still be very like kind of this mix of like vintage and modern and warm and inviting even though it's going to be there's not going to be a whole lot of color of anything it's just oh I'm excited it's gonna be great yeah push that envelope and and help people help themselves um but I mean on the influencer wedding thing also like for our clients out there keep in mind that you know influencing is a job and there is a um incentive or kind of a what am I trying to say of it behooves them to do things that are relatable and likable and that they think people will like um not necessarily saying this in a shady way it's just influencers are meant to influence and so kind of by default kind of like I said about the virality aspect right like when you see something a million times on social media or you see it you've seen you've seen it once but you see that like a million people have liked it that kind of goes for influencers too where like their weddings are kind of rooted in trends and those trends could show up in decor in their style of photography in the things you know in the fashion that's being worn um this is not all influencers again Sophia Ritchie just 
that is a perfect example of like an exception, but just keep that in mind. I think that they, you know, once you see something, once you see an influencer do something at their wedding, you can pretty much expect that that is going to become a trend if it is not already, you know, and it's like I said, there's almost like a little bit of an incentive on their end to do things that they know people will like. So they're already kind of have their finger on the pulse. there, doing things that they think will be agreeable to their followers. Um, but yeah, influencers be influencing and it's, it's not always by accident. It's rarely by accident. As a matter of fact, that's true. That's true. So know that a, there's like, there's parts to this a, you don't, you're allowed to like whatever you like. People are allowed to like things. Mm -hmm. And if you do like something, go with that. Let that be your inspiration. I do understand that there's a tendency to want to do things differently. Um, Specifically, I feel like there's just an ick right now for just traditional weddings. People are just, there's a camp, there's certainly like the camp that is still like very much gung ho, but people want things to be different. They want their wedding to not feel like a wedding. Our friend Corinne said this. Not be chewy. Yeah, like weddings, I guess, are (laughs) chewy. So we're looking to make it be as distant from like what you would consider a wedding as possible. Um, it's okay though, if like there's some tradition in there, there's some standard operating procedure of a wedding that you're still feeling and that you've always wanted. That doesn't sound too bad to you. Maybe you just don't carry the way. Like that's totally fine. You just allow whatever your ideas and things that you genuinely love and things that you genuinely want to preserve as a part of your wedding day, make that be your first priority before before anything really uniqueness um you know any other factors that may influence that you you just you can you're allowed to like what you like so don't let don't let it become like this challenge to see like how unique you can make it just because just for the sake of being able to say and we're proudly like you, you don't get a badge at the end of your wedding if you did stuff that other people didn't do you, you it, it's cool if you end up doing some of those things but the more authentic the better so if you just genuinely had a passion for something that ended up coming out to be something that people hadn't really seen before that's awesome but don't if you lead with the difference of it 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 just takes away the integrity of it you know I have a couple who literally their entire questionnaire was oh wait I showed you this one <laughs> they were like we don't want everything to feel like it's been like it was for Instagram. Like they don't want anything, yes. anything that feels like it was anything other than a reflection of them. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that though. How will like, I survive I really without do. the neon sign? Oh, <laughs> woe is me. I'm going to go faint on this chaise lounge. <laughs> Goodness. The neon sign, y'all. That's another one, which I don't, I, I guess I, I'll say, I don't think there's anybody who's still claiming that's unique. I think it's been dubbed officially like POV here at a young millennial wedding. And like the first thing you see on that list is a neon sign. Just, we love y'all. We love the things that you want and the things that you want to do. I think it's just exhausting when you have seen something a lot and it continues to be perpetuated. Like kind of like you said, Rachel, as the standard 
but I feel like it's clashing. It's two different things. Mm -hmm. It's either the standard and we're all doing it or it's unique, but we can't say here are, here is an article. Like honestly, a lot of publications are guilty of this too. Here's an article of seven unique things to do that you should go now do. Like everyone reading this article, go implement these things. (laughs) Are we unique anymore? I don't know that we are. how about we don't how about we don't that was another I think that's a topic I must have missed because I was kind of looking through like what our database had um but like I feel like we're there's this tug of war of like be different and do different things and everything's unique and everything can be your way which is clashing with the messaging of here's the latest trend here it comes Mm -hmm. here's the thing everybody's gonna want to do and I just think we're making we're making their heads spin. Like we have to, either we want them to be different and do their own thing, no matter what that looks like, or we want to influence trends. And I think there's just both happening. And it's kind of, it's honestly confusing me even. If something you genuinely like happens to be more traditional and it's not unique and you're like, I've seen this already, go for it, do it. And if it concerns you, Let's use that as an opportunity. Let's use it as a jumping off point for some really cool creative stuff. Something that it has the spirit of the thing that you like, but it doesn't present exactly like it like like you've seen it before. Well done. Well done. Stunning. Wrap that up and give it to a baby for Christmas. Yes. I will also, I do want to have one more thing for vendors. Create space in your consultations, in your interactions with your clients to offer like cool, customized, truly unique options for each individual person. So I think a lot of us default to, okay, well, send me your Pinterest board and show me things that you like. And it kind of, it kind of plants the idea that we want to see like that they have to know what they like exactly and that they can find it on Pinterest or they can find it on Instagram. That's so true. It's so a good point. it's okay to like, again, influence all these things are inspiration. They're not meant to be a blueprint or a carbon copy, but we're like, Hey, well, what do you like? And like, yes, we need to know that, but make it very clear, find some verbiage, find some kind of way in your questionnaire, in your design process to kind of squish it up a little bit and not make it seem like they have to have the answers that they have to have their direction determined in every way every single way um yeah just welcome the inspiration but suggest ways to amplify it and bounce off of it with a little bit more personality yes please and now i'm done (laughs) all right you guys, we, <laughs> we received a diss the bride. Our first diss the bride. And they went for the jugular. <laughs> I asked. I mean, I asked. You did. You said. Asking you shall receive. <laughs> asking you shall. Our cup runneth over. <laughs> wow. Um. Still, I was still curious to hear what other people have experienced in their interactions with other brides. But yeah, Rachel, take it away. Oh, like how you bride. put it on me. Yeah. You should <laughs> don't want to run, girl. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. No. So 
I just want to reiterate that the whole point of Dis the Bride is that we received opinions from other people and we are just here to commentate on it. Yeah, these um, are submissions. Like these are this submissions. Is, the last segment is also it, it's always officially like listener submission. So mm-hmm. this is the these opinions truly do not necessarily reflect um our commentary will, but yeah, but the, the submissions specifically designed to reflect the views of cordially indicted racialist events or Kelsey Williams Wednesday events. <laughs> Add that to the disclaimer. <laughs> that needs to be added, doesn't it? Oh my god. Anyway, no, we had somebody submit that they are not a fan of when brides wear their glasses on their wedding day. I go back and forth on this because, I mean, for some girlies, this is like it becomes like their staple. That's like their personality, you know, like that's yeah. their fashion choice. Yeah, but it does tend to. I don't know. It can occasionally alter maybe the formality of the look that the bride is going for, I suppose. And I'm assuming that's where the perspective is coming from, from our, our submitter um, yes. in that they are, you know, you're removed from the situation. You're just seeing people with like glasses on their wedding day. I can kind of see why that would be considered like a, Oh, don't do that. You know? Um, but I don't know. I think like it kind of, I think it very much depends if it's like a staple and part of their personality. Like I girl, it's your day, whatever you're comfortable Yeah. Like think with. of like, like Ali Wong level glasses game. Yeah, Like that's incredible. Yes. And I honestly, can we offer that as a suggestion? Get the, a fierce custom pair, like treat yourself to a gorgeous pair of custom like glasses for your wedding day that maybe are a little more tailored upscale go more with your bridal um look um that may be something to consider if you're not because I know personally I'm just blessed thank goodness the Lord knew that I could not deal with (laughs) putting contacts in my eyes (laughs) um so I have good eyesight I so I do not claim to speak for people who don't um I know that if I wore glasses it would be a struggle for me to like put contacts in for like I know for honestly for a lot of people it's just convenience um so it's it's certainly not just about the look of it I'm sure mm-hmm. um but I do like you mentioned Rachel there are girls that's like it is part of their personality and they feel like more themselves too they mm-hmm. don't want to change what they look like um they they're like well on my wedding day I want to feel the most like me not like trying to run away from what I look like so it's a touchy subject mm-hmm. um but I kind of think no go ahead I was gonna say it kind of feels I can see it kind of being comparable to like when people say don't wear your apple watch on your wedding day Mm. no I I I, I, I feel like it gives me that same energy of just like yeah no it's fine you wear it every day but like don't wear your apple watch with your wedding dress like (laughs) I can't like take your apple watch off I would I would argue that an apple watch is more invasive to the overall look than glasses might be 100% I'm not saying they're on equal footing I'm saying like just general like vibes of this more feels like a utility item Mm. and you know this day is not about utility it's about (laughs) (laughs) it's supposed to be a little more add some whimsy (laughs) right well and I told my husband I told him I wanted him to wear his glasses when we got married 
because I just think he looks he looks super cute with his glasses. He's got Aww. like this like little Clark Kent kind of esque mm. vibe with him. Um, but he did not want to wear glasses, and he doesn't wear contacts either. So his his I don't even know what's wrong with his eyes. He's I he can survive without glasses. He's fine. Um, but I was like, if you want to wear your glasses, I think that would be cute. Looking back though, like at our wedding pictures, I am glad he decided not to mm. wear them because I think it just it would have changed just the, the look, look. yeah also practicality say it is hard to kiss someone like it is hard to get <laughs> you're going to be kissing this person a lot frequently and for long periods of time because the photographer get up like, in there kiss, kiss. and <laughs> i don't know that i want any sort of obstructions <laughs> <laughs> and no and especially if like it can be super hard if both like if bride and groom are glasses wearers because then the glasses like clink mm. against each other I don't know. I mean, there's a practicality aspect to consider. I have had a couple that where they both wore glasses and like, it was so them, like they're, they're very, it was very them. It was very cute. Like I couldn't even imagine, like, I can't imagine them not having worn their glasses on the day too. You know, it's, so it's kind of hard. Um, So does this go back to our just general consensus of what is right for you? It totally (laughs) depends, but but again, we're not here to lay down the law or make any sort of official verdict on this. This is simply commentary, <laughs> simply <laughs> um, just. But we are glad that we expanding. got somebody who submitted the distant pride. <laughs> Thank you so much. Again, I did ask and that's that's where we're at. But uh, yeah, that's I guess that's where that's where we land on that. Just neither here nor there really I think it's great I think the people that have worn glasses have worn them well and I think that people have decided you know some girls are like I'm paying this woman like a hundred dollars per eye <laughs> y'all gonna look at my eyes today <laughs> so <laughs> hey girl I wouldn't want I wouldn't want anything to stand in my way either more power oh, to yeah. you do what you must well done doctor oh, wrap us doctor. up doctor <laughs> doctor doctor <laughs> have a good two weeks <laughs> yep i mean do we want to tell people to to, to do things oh yeah go ahead <laughs> i'm like yeah all right <laughs> um yes please rate and review us please rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening we would love to see your thoughts love to see your input as far as our indictments go those are always open so visit the website submit your indictment cordiallyindicted.com um those are open for all of our topics so we are still i'm gonna say with my chest again that we are still asking for this the brides and see what comes through next um we have quite a few (laughs) we have quite a few funeral topics so if you still have something burning on that front uh go ahead and submit it but just know that we are we're doing pretty good on funerals um it's taking is still available and just questions we would love to like those we actually will give our opinion on. Um, so if you have a question for counsel about anything wedding day, wedding adjacent related, we had our bridesmaid question. That was a fun one. Um, submit your indictments on cordiallyindicted.com. And um, is that all we tell them? I think that's it. Right? Okay, great. This will be hopefully a, sorry about the length of some of our more recent episodes we've been <laughs> We've been feeling, we've been very passionate. We've been in our feelings. So I need to, thanks for bearing with us. I need to learn how to 
edit snip a little bit more i think hey we're getting better and better each day yeah thanks follow us on all the socials instagram tiktok that's all we have so <laughs> those two <laughs> we don't have a twitter all the socials just those two instagram, TikTok. those are the ones that matter to me at least so great thanks y'all bye bye